As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Standard Room Only Podcast. Yes, I'm your host, Ben Standick. I cover the Washington Commanders for The Athletic. It is Thursday night here in the DMV. It's a, a magical week. Here in the nation's capital with Magic Johnson uh, making multiple appearances. He was at a uh, commander's practice facility Wednesday. Today on Thursday, he was at a boys and girls club in Washington, D.C. He also spoke with the media for a little bit after that. So I'm going to play a little bit from that conversation we had with Magic Johnson uh, for you in a moment. In addition, my colleague at The Athletic, Doug Holler, who covers the Arizona Cardinals, he joined me to discuss, you know, a very unusual, weird team with the Cardinals. They are the team that everybody's pegging to uh, tank their way to the number one overall pick. But that's a season-long situation. All we're worrying about right now is this game. So Doug and I discussed... What do we make of Josh Dobbs? Um, at that point, we talked was the likely quarterback, and that is the way it is likely to play out. Um, what What is the scenario that could lead Arizona to winning? Do they have enough of an offensive line to handle Washington's defensive front? Uh, also, some Kyler Murray and a bunch more. So we'll get to all that in a moment here on the Standard Room Only podcast. You, of course, Hit that subscribe button if you're an iTunes, Spotify person, or really wherever you do your podcasting. In addition, uh, again, I believe we still have a promotion, end of summer promotion at The Athletic, a dollar a month for 12 months. I've had a bunch of stories up this week. I'm going to have one up on Friday. Kind of a fun one I've been working on for some time. I thought last year that a huge reason for this team's Ability to, you know, overcome issues and stay. And obviously they did blow a potential playoff spot late in the year. But I really think being in the locker room, I sense a group that was really bonded together. Didn't get too high, didn't get too low. And how that seems to be carrying over and how important that is going to be. But also, what goes on in that locker room? What, who, Who's talking to who? Who's loud? Who, who's uh, buttoned up? 
you know, a, a bunch of uh, fun, uh, fun uh, anecdotes in there. So hopefully you guys will check that out. It'll be up on The Athletic Friday morning. All right. Uh, before I get to those uh, Magic Johnson and Doug Holler conversations, let's get to just a couple quick notes here on the Commanders. Uh, Terry McLaurin, it's looking like he's going to play this week. Now, obviously, there's another practice on Friday and things can change, but he was a limited participant in Wednesday's practice uh, with that to- turf toe, but he said that he felt really good. He didn't have any limitations in what the team asked him to do. Today, he was listed as a full participant. Now, because there was rain out in Ashburn today, they moved inside. It was not a padded practice. Um, But nonetheless, he was able to go full there per their listing. So looking like Terry will be available against the Cardinals. How, you know, how close to 100% or how much he'll play? Well, Well, we'll see about that. But good news there on that front. As for Chase Young... He's been a limited participant, and while he was very confident in saying he's ready to go when we spoke with him on Wednesday, I don't know. As far as we know, he has still not been cleared by the um, medical staff for his final check about uh, him being available for contact. Ron Rivera seemed to suggest that if he's cleared, he'll play. I, I don't I don't know. We'll, we'll we'll see about that. Obviously, the defensive line is a bit shorthanded um, with Fedarian Mathis and F.A. Obata landing on IR. If Chase Young were to sit, then you'd have sort of the same situation as last year where James Smith, Williams and Casey Tuhill would play a lot. But you also have the rookies, Andre Jones and K.J. Henry to go with Montez Sweat, of course. So um, that's where we are there. And I think the other Injury news to note is Dax Mill has not practiced this week. Obviously, he is the punt returner, and we know that – I can't remember if I said it on here or, here or we discussed – or you guys have just heard it by now, but Washington re-signed Jamison Crowder. Yes, Jamison Crowder to the practice squad. You know, look, Crowder can be a slot receiver, but – he can also be a punt returner. He has not done it a ton since he left Washington uh, four seasons ago, four, four plus seasons ago, but he has done it. And I, I think he would just be, I mean, he did have some fumble issues back in the day. We're not going to forget that, but he at least is somebody who has done it. And I imagine the coaches would feel more comfortable bringing him up than bringing up Dax Milne. I'm sorry. than bringing up Casimir Allen. So, that is something we'll be keeping an eye on. We won't probably find that out till Saturday or Sunday, but nonetheless, uh, something to note there. And um, we'll see. It could be interesting if Crowder, my guess would be he does get the call up. Um, I'll just say that. If he does, I'm sort of curious what happens from there. If he has a, a, a good showing as a returner, is there a world where they put Dax Millen on IR? That's just speculation on my part, but something to consider. Um, so th- that's sort of the basics there. Uh, we did talk to Eric Bienemy and Jack Del Rio today. I mean, needless to say, I think they both feel confident about where their teams are. And I, I think the one universal comment they both, or the similar comment they both made was, no matter what we think about how good this defense could be, or no matter what the hope is with Bienemy's offense, None of it matters until they actually 
play. So, um, you know, I, I think it's going to be really interesting on defense. We've talked a lot about the secondary. We know there's a lot of talented pieces. But, you know, right now a lot of the belief is based on hope. It's not necessarily based on what we have seen, other than, you know, Kendall Fuller, Cam Curl, Benjamin St. Juiced. You know, we can say Derek Forrest to an extent, but, you know, still a young guy. And then you have the two rookies back there as well. And Percy Butler, you know, we've yet to really see him play in a, in a regular season game as a legit safety. Uh, so I think there's a lot of promise there, but I will be interested to see how they perform. This is obviously not the most potent passing attack we would assume uh, for the Cardinals, but nonetheless, they will be tasked uh, to make some plays. Uh, on offense, obviously, Sam Howe is the primary story. Um, you know, I'm not worried about his – they're gonna. They're all going to be nervous to various degrees. Um, Eric Bieniemy was saying, if you're not nervous, you're basically not prepared uh, because that's just going to come. But Sam Howe is a poised young guy. I really enjoyed speaking with him the other day. If you, if you missed it, um, I, I, I did a Q&A with him where rather than do another story about – He's ready to make that next step. I decided to go a different route, touched on a bunch of random topics. We got into uh, uh, his, the weirdest autograph he's ever given out. Uh, we got into uh, Taylor Swift. Uh, we, we talked about his uh, first memories of playing quarterback as a kid. And we also talked about this opportunity that he has. I mean, trust me, there's, there's football talk in there as well. But uh, so good conversation there. I really enjoyed it. I've had, had some people say some nice things about it, and I appreciate that. So check that out if you have not already. Um, all right, so let's get to it. I'll play you guys some of the Magic Johnson audio first. Um, you know, Magic spoke at a Boys and Girls Club today in D.C., he was there to talk to these kids about, he was a boys and girls uh, club kid himself back in Michigan. He talked about how th that experience really helped kind of get him on the better path. He said he was kind of slow to pick up reading as a youngster. Uh, the group helped him uh, work on that and then sort of gave him some other life lessons that he said helped him not just obviously get to become, you know, one of the best professional athletes we've ever seen, uh, but also this successful businessman and just have a good feel for how to handle the world and the responsibilities around him. Um, he gave out a bunch of jerseys, uh, commander's jerseys with Johnson on the back and then his number 32. Um, he also then gave out different, pri some other interesting prizes. He gave out uh, four tickets to a game uh, with a suite and four field passes, which I can tell you as somebody who, um, who likes to get on the field but can't because uh, the print media is not allowed on the field. Kind of jealous about that one. Um, he also gave, he also pulled out of his pocket a thousand dollars cash to give to one kid. Another child got five thousand in cash. I say child. I mean they were like middle age, middle school kids, kind of age, maybe a little bit older. Um, but the kids of all ages were there. He didn't just give it to them though. He said he explained the responsibility that he wanted them to open up a bank account. That's what they needed to do so they could learn financial responsibility. And, uh, you know, he imparted some good life lessons there for sure. Um, then he spoke with the media a few minutes later. And, you know, he talked a bit, of course, about the emotions 
of, of what he expects on Sunday. That even though he's done everything he's done in his career, as we know, and he's even a part owner in uh, for uh, a WNBA team, the LA Dodgers, an MLS team as well, that this is the NFL. The NFL is the biggest league, and it is a big step. And the fact that there are no um, black uh, majority owners, you know, this was an opportunity to get in that door to give his fellow um, minorities, African-Americans, something to look at, something he believes they will feel like it is their own team. Uh, he also talked about the conversation he had on Wednesday out in Ashburn with the players on the Commanders. And, you know, it's so funny because, to me, Magic Johnson's been in my life basically as much as I can remember as as a kid. Uh, so to, to realize how many of the players, not that they don't necessarily know him, but they don't know all the stories, um, right? And he, uh, he said they had a lot of questions for him, and he was impressed by what they were asking him, but he also had a message for them about what to expect from this ownership group, and that's what I want to play for you. So here's Magic Johnson talking about his conversation with the players on Wednesday. And that's what it's all about. All right, last all right. one, and then I got to go. Any questions from the players yesterday really stick out to you? Any, any ones that really made you think about it a bit? Mm-mm, all of them. You know, there's not one question from any one player. All of them had great questions. Uh, we got a smart team. had uh, smart questions. Um, they really want to win. They want to hear what I had to say in terms of that. How did I approach the game? How did I prepare for the game? Um, what drove me? And, uh, and I kept telling them I've never been satisfied. You know? I'm a guy who wants more. I've always wanted more. You know, I have 14 world championship rings. And uh, I want a Super Bowl ring. <laughs> and so uh, how can I help them achieve that? Now, this is what we told them. And I, this is what I told them <clears throat> and I'm going to go. I said, you don't have to worry about no problems from this ownership. You just have to concentrate on Sundays playing football. You ain't going to read no headlines. You're not going to have to worry about nothing, no questions from you guys about stuff off the field. Your job is just to concentrate on doing your job and having fun every Sunday, every Thursday, or every Monday. That's it. And that's exactly what I told them. Okay, there it is. Right. All right. So, uh, look, it's, it's uh, you know, it's, it's wild to me. Magic Johnson is somebody that we're now covering. I've said this before, but I can't think of a greater 180-degree difference going from Dan Snyder to Magic Johnson. Uh, Unbelievable. Wild stuff. All right. Well, obviously, Magic Johnson is going to root for a win on Sunday. How will the commanders get that? I mean, we think they're a favorite. What, a touchdown favorite per the odds makers? Seems like at home this is going to be a sellout crowd. Should be a great opportunity to get a win. But that's why they play the game. So here from the Cardinals' perspective, my colleague at The Athletic, Doug Haller, to give us the view of what is going on with Arizona and what can Washington expect. Let's do that right now here on the Standard Groom Only Podcast. All right. We always try to get the opposite uh, opposing side view, what, what have you, uh, for the other teams. The good thing about The Athletic is we pretty much have somebody 
on all the beats, including the Arizona Cardinals. So joining me here to give us the look at what is going on with one of the more interesting teams in the league, Doug Haller, who covers all things Arizona and Phoenix for the athletic. Uh, Doug, uh, people, we like to put labels on things. I feel like this matchup, it's the matchup between the team, the franchise that's been the most unstable in the league for X amount of years versus the one who might be taking that claim based on how things are going. What, what, what do we think about that? I think that sounds pretty accurate. Um, yeah, I mean, it's interesting because just, you know, a few years ago, Kyler Murray's, um, you know, second year, I mean, it seemed like the Cardinals are starting to take that step, you know, go in the right direction. Um, and since then, <laughs> you know, it's kind of nosedive, obviously, coaching change, uh, Kyler Murray's injury, and a lot of other uh, organizational factors have kind of put the Cardinals into this position where uh, expectations are not really high going into this season. Yeah, no, I feel like, you know, when we talk about like who's going to get the number one pick, I don't know what the Vegas odds are, but based on things like, I don't know, cutting the guy you thought was going to be your starting quarterback two weeks before the season and no, and not knowing what's going to happen, you know, things like that seem to project a, an image of a team that is going straight to the bottom. Perhaps very smartly, I mind, I mind you, but nonetheless, um, that is possible. Um, yeah, it, it's so weird. I do wanted to ask you, like, uh, what? Like, it isn't just they got rid of Colt McCoy. They've made a lot of moves towards that idea, right? Are they? Do you think that they are actually tanking I, for the number one pick, or are they just we're starting over and anything we just don't seem to like, we're just moving on from, and we'll figure it out as we go along? I think it's more the latter. I mean, you know how it is. No one's going to come out and openly say. Uh, we're not going to try to win games this year, but it, it's clear that they are focused on 20. There is a strong focus on 2024 just, and that goes back to the draft and the moves that Monty Austin Fort made um, trading the number three pick to the Houston Texans, getting their number one pick for next year and really loading up for that draft. Kyler Murray's injury, his uncertainty goes into that, you know, recovering from that ACL injury right now, he's out for the first four games. No one, the Cardinals have not said one word about any sort of potential timetable. I mean, not even like leaving it open to speculation. They just say his, uh, he's doing great. That's about all we get about Kyler. He's doing great. Um, so yeah, I mean, I think he'll be back this year at some point, but you know, if your uh, star quarterback's not going to be playing for the first half of the season, uh, it would, would make sense to try to, you know, be as competitive as you can, but also, you know, keep that draft, uh, 2024 draft, uh, very in the forefront of your mind. Yeah, no, it's interesting. So obviously Josh Harris just bought the commanders and he obviously famously uh, greenlit the process with the 76ers, you know, the ultimate tank job. And you're right, the NFL, it's, not, you know, it's never the players, it's never the coaches, it's the setup of everything else. Uh Football is the hardest one, I think, to do this in, but it's the cleanest path to get the thing you need to succeed, and that is the quarterback and Caleb Williams, obviously from USC, uh, where the kid may at North Carolina look like legit guy. So it would make sense, except the weird part is Kyler Murray is here and he's already making a ton of money, so I don't even know how that would work from a cap perspective. I guess you could trade him, but that's the part for Arizona that feels slightly odd. Yeah, and that's the weird thing about this is that it's such a huge year for Kyler Murray. And and really, this goes back to last year. I mean, last year was a train wreck. Um, you know, he really got off to a bad – he got paid in the offseason, uh, got off to a bad start. And a lot of that had to do with uh, DeAndre Hopkins being suspended for the six, uh, first six games. Um, 
you know, and then Hollywood Brown was the number one receiver, not really a number one receiver. Then he got hurt. The offensive line was a mess. So really, you know, going into that last four or five weeks of the season, it was all about Kyler. You know, can he, you know, pull himself out of this and and show that he is worth the investment that they put into him? And then he blew out his knee. And so it was just like a big wasted season for him. And now those questions remain. Uh, and, you know, with the Caleb, with the Caleb Williams speculation, it was funny. I went out to lunch with a, another Cardinals writer last Friday and we were talking like, well, how long do we wait before we really jump into the Caleb Williams speculation? And it was two days. <laughs> I mean, it was two days because that's oh. when they released Colt McCoy. And it really gave the, you know, you really got the uh, thought like, OK, this isn't going to go well for them at all. Um, and, you know, everyone's been talking about Caleb Williams ever since. Why? Well, he's not quieting the noise of what he's been doing so far some of his passes over the weekend uh, i was certainly passing them around the, the videos with some guys and they're they're insane if i was a cardinals fan i'd be watching a lot of usc for okay. sure um all that said that's not what's going to happen this sunday this sunday it's going to be you read a story up about josh dobbs that you, you the headline is joshua dobbs appears set to start for the cardinals and he's been there he's been here before it's either dobbs a guy they acquired two weeks ago or fifth round pick Clayton tune, which we're not going to mock a fifth round pick because everybody's thinking here that Sam Howell fifth round pick last year is, um, you know, on his way to greatness. So uh, Dobbs has played like, what do you kind of make of the, the idea that this guy would be the starter having only gotten here 10 minutes ago? Yeah. Um, I mean, up until that point, everyone was under the assumption that, you know, Colt McCoy was going to be the guy uh, veteran, Kyler's backup uh, uh, hadn't looked great in the preseason, uh, but, you know, he'd had some elbow issues in the offseason. I mean, it was just kind of assumed that that was the guy. And then when he when they uh, when they traded for Josh Dobbs, that was the first indication like, OK, maybe there's <laughs> maybe he's not going to be the guy. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it makes sense with Josh Dobbs. You know, like you said, only been here for 10 minutes, but he was with the Browns last year. Uh, the Cardinals OC Drew Petsing was his position coach. So there is familiarity there. Um, you know, just from the guys we've talked to, it said like the offense is not a problem. You know, he understands that. Now he may not know your name right now, <laughs> but he understands uh the offense. What does that give you? I don't know. I mean, he started twice in his career. He's been thrown into emergency situations last year with the Titans, which is what I wrote about. Um, smart dude. Um, but you know. It'd be different if they had the offensive line, the playmakers around him to make it easy for him, but I don't think they do. So um, I think they're going to go with him. I think they brought him in specifically because they knew he could pick it up quickly. And uh, probably, as you mentioned, Clayton Toon, uh, a fifth rounder, probably isn't ready at this point. We were all kind of half-killingly excited for a Colt McCoy revenge game what happened there? I'm just sort of from the outside looking at it. Like, was he too good? Like the Cardinals concerned, like he might win five games. Like well, what happened to Colt McCoy? Yeah. That just, he didn't, um, you know, he's been dependable, very well respected in the organization. Um, you know, everyone, a true professional. And he just, you know, he had some, like I said, he had the el elbow injury uh, over the off season, uh, came back and, you know, it was kind of strange that some some practices he he didn't throw um, just kind of, you know, maybe his arm was tired. They never really explained why. Uh, didn't get a lot of preseason uh, time uh, on during games, but, you know, didn't look great. 
Um, and I just think they probably came to the decision that, you know, to fit that offense, new coach, new scheme, that they needed somebody that was a little bit more suited to what they wanted to run. Um, you know, it's an interesting decision to make after the third preseason game to just kind of, you know, <laughs> turn everything upside down. Even DJ Humphreys, the left tackle, was asked about it just a few days ago. He said, you know, he he's a veteran. He's been in the league for a while. He said, I learned a long time ago never to be surprised in this league because just when you think you've seen it all, something else happens. So, you know, it, it kind of, I don't know if rocked the locker room, but I think it surprised the locker room uh, that they made that move so late, going uh, so late with only a couple weeks left before uh, the season starts. Yeah. I mean, I remember seeing, okay, who's going to replace Kyler? Colt McCoy. I'm like, boy, I guess they assume Kyler will be back quick because, you know, again, Colt's a solid backup in the league, but he's not a guy you're leaning on. Yeah. And then to see him, you're like, wait, you're not even going to keep him around after all this. Oh boy. Okay. But the fact that you're saying Dobbs has some familiarity with BOC that does help to an extent. Um, what, what, what do you, let, let's, I, I, we're talking all negative here. At least I am about the Cardinals. What, what do they have to, what, if they win, what is going to happen? They do have some good players on, on the team on both sides of the ball. If they win, what is happening um, that, that made that occur? The biggest difference that we saw in the preseason um, <clears throat> was they were they were just more disciplined. Last year, uh, you know, pre-snap penalties, my goodness, uh, it, <laughs> a huge problem. Uh, just just a very undisciplined football team, and that kind of goes to you know Cliff Cliff Kingsbury uh, was a players' coach to the to the extreme, mm-hmm. uh, a little loose, and that and that's you know what Jonathan Gannon has brought. I I don't know how well the coach he's going to be first year guy. Uh, but I do know as far as, and it's kind of a cliche, setting that foundation, he he has he has done that. You know, all the first month, all the players were talking about, you know, getting fined for being late to meetings. Uh, you would think that would be standard um, operating procedure. Evidently, it hasn't been in Arizona uh, because every player mentioned it in, when you asked him about Jonathan Gannon. So I think that's going to be the starting point is you're going to see cleaner football. And then I think you're going to have to see for them to have any success at all. They're going to have to have, be able to run the ball. Um, James Conner, their running back, when he has when he's been healthy, he's done a pretty good job of running the football. Um, you know, and I think you know without without Kyler out there for them to survive, make things competitive, and maybe steal a couple of games. That's what they're going to have to do. The defense uh, looked has looked a little bit more promising. I mean, this is a team that doesn't have a lot of you know guys that you would peg as all pro potential guys. Uh, Pro Bowl potential guys, but uh, the defense has, you know, they're they're they play they look to be playing harder than what they were last year. So I think that's a positive step as well. You, you mentioned Connor running the ball. He's a guy that people know. Certainly, if you play fantasy football or uh, paid attention to the Steelers as well over in recent years, um, what the strength of Washington's defense, if not the whole team, is their defensive line. We still don't right. know at this point that we're talking if Chase Young will play, but they've got a bunch of other guys for sure. Does Arizona have a good enough offensive line? I know they drafted Paris Johnson. Isn't the line stout enough to go up against one of the better units in the league? It's going to be a good test for them. I mean, that, uh, you know, Drew Petzing, their, their OC, was talking about the front seven and the challenges that, they, that, that Washington poses that they'll bring on Sunday. Um, it, it'll be it'll be improved, I think. But, you know, they'll, they're starting a center who's really doing it for the first time, you know, on a full time basis this year. Uh, Paris Johnson, their draft pick, their first round draft pick will start at right tackle. He's had a great preseason, but you never really know uh, until, you know, they're out there. Of course, DJ Humphreys is solid at left tackle. 
Um, I wouldn't call it a, a strength of the team. I'd call it improve over last season, but I think we'll know after this Sunday just exactly where they stand. All right. Well, the one thing that's going to be interesting, obviously, you know, again, Washington's pretty loaded up front, but they've got a few guys who are hurt, a couple guys who were placed on IR, and the defense as a whole, particularly the, the line and the secondary, played one series in preseason. And, you know, we focused a lot over here about how's the offense going to look, um, Eric Bieniemy, Sam Howe, et cetera. But the defense hasn't been out there, which and and they could be great off the bat. But you know, it's often if it's, it takes a minute to get some rhythm to get going. So I'll be curious to see if they're ready to go right off the bat, or they take some time. And maybe if so, that gives Arizona a little bit more of a fighting shot right off the bat. Um, last thing for me, you mentioned Gannon from the outside. Mostly, what we see are these viral videos the one the other day where he's trying to give this pep talk that we're all like, wait, what, what is he saying? What's it doesn't seem really passionate. And then it was that thing right after the draft. I don't forget who he was talking to one of the players and he starts like moving, like he's like a robot or something. He, it felt very, yeah. uh, Kendall Roy from succession. Well, <laughs> you're, it's good. It's interesting to hear you say that you think he's getting through to the players from a discipline standpoint, but it seems like an, he seems like an odd head coach in that regard, but what's it been like to cover him? Um, he's definitely the, the accountability thing comes across the, the, the videos, the, the in-house video that came out about, you know, did you take the bus that I had to watch that a few times just to try to understand what he was saying. Do you so know what he was I, saying? Cause I still don't No. Um, so I get that. I, to, like I said, to be honest, I don't know. I don't know if he's ready. I don't know. I, I don't know if anyone knows. Um, he maybe there's parts of him that doesn't know. Um, uh, you know, I, I asked some people at the combine, people have worked with him in the past, and they all were very enthusiastic enthusiastic about him becoming a head coach and said saying that he has that it factor. Um as far and I'm not, you know, I cover the the Cardinals are not my main beat. So I'm all over the Valley of the sun. Right. Um, I'm not out there every day. The one thing I have noticed that's interesting is sometimes, you know, you go into his, uh, you know, pre-practice, you know, media briefings and he's, he's an enthusiastic guy and that comes across. Um, most days that comes across some days he seems to be like Bill Belichick, you know, <laughs> doesn't want to short answers, doesn't want to give up anything. And, you know, that's always baffling to me because I'm, I'm kind of torn like, which guy is he? Is he the enthusiastic guy? Is he, is he just shifted into season mode now? I don't know. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know how it is. If he goes out and is competitive, I think the Cardinals understand the plan and, and, and the Cardinals fans understand the plan for 2024 and the future setting that foundation. So I think as long as they're competitive uh, and they're not just getting blown out, I think fans will be patient as, as you know, as far as being patient goes in the NFL. Uh, but, you know, it. I, I think, you know, the biggest storyline, no doubt, is Kyler Murray, his season, when he comes back, what he can show. But the sec- I think the second biggest storyline is, you know, who's the, who is the guy in charge? How's it going to work out? And it's not just him first-time head coach, they have a first-time play caller, and they have the youngest DC in the NFL. Um, so it's it's a very young staff who have not been in these positions before. Um, how does that play out? It'll be really interesting to see. And it's also kind of wild that his first game, he's going up against the guy who he can debate what Eric Bieniemy's level of play calling or input right, right. with the Chiefs, but the defensive coordinator and the offensive coordinator were going head-to-head in the Super Bowl, and now their first game's in new spots head-to-head again. I don't know. I, I don't imagine it will matter too much because things are very different for both of them. But nonetheless, 
you do wonder about the chess game going on in their heads. Well, he he likes to do this and he likes to do that. That could be pretty interesting as well. Yeah, it, it's definitely an interesting storyline. Um, you know, it, it just will come down different elements, but you know, and does the familiarity, I mean, the fact that, you know, Jonathan Gannon coming from Philly has, you know, um, gone up uh, against, you know, Washington often, does that mean anything? I don't know, but uh, it's definitely something I, I, I'm really interested to see how a staff as young as this, um, you know, just, just performs over the season. Yeah, no, for sure. Um, Doug, I really appreciate the time. Uh, tell everybody uh, where to find you on social media and like if they want to read um, what you've got about the Cardinals. Yeah, it's real simple. It's just I'm at Doug Haller, H-A-L-L-E-R. And, um, you know, I usually try to write about the Cardinals a couple times a week. Um, you know, I do some college stuff as well, and I'm probably going to be doing uh, some baseball stuff here as well once uh, the playoffs get going. So uh, my timeline is a lot of different things, but uh, definitely doing a lot of NFL stuff once this all gets going. Well, people who have followed me for years understand covering multiple sports. So uh, right. good thing is you do it well, and I really appreciate the time and the insight. And uh, we'll see. We'll see. We're both excited that we get to actually talk about our football and no longer these storylines for our teams. Um, Doug, really appreciate it, man. Thanks. Appreciate you having me. fans this is diana rossini from the athletic get the top stories in pro football snapped directly to your inbox with our latest nfl newsletter scoop city jacob robinson and i will bring you the daily scoop of top nfl articles posts and podcasts every monday to friday sign up for free now at theathletic.com backslash scoop